And a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sports Media Pack Camp Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Welcome back, Joe. Welcome to you. Hope good. you had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, you do? I did. How about yourself? Lots of eating, lots of football. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of sports the last couple of weeks. Of course, we'll have our Walking Dead recap here towards the end of the show. I guess the, the craziness has been... The University of Tennessee's coaching search, which they, they can't find a football coach at right. Tennessee. And I think everybody has either tried to apply or been turned down, so that's uh, the first thing. What was crazy about that is that there was an agreement between the athletic director and the coach, and it's always honored. And I think it was the chancellor did not sign off on it. And usually, sometimes they'll even sign off on that later on. Yeah. And they used that as an excuse. And what happened is in the interim, when the chancellor didn't sign off, and they started getting negative feedback about the coach that they had selected, they decided to pull that. So yeah. if you're a coach, you don't want to go to Tennessee right now because you can't trust them. Yeah, they, I have no idea because they just keep going through names. They went to Purdue's coach, North Carolina They State's offered coach. Gundy $42 million over yeah. six years, $7 million a year. And I mean, as an Oklahoma fan, I was hoping he was leaving Oklahoma State to go there. Uh, yeah, it's just it was it's crazy. I guess now they're maybe after Kevin Sumlin today, but uh, Tennessee football, I, I think they – Think they're a little bigger, bigger time than they actually are. Would that be a safe way to say it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're. There's some programs that think they're bigger than they are, like University of Illinois up the yeah. road. They think they're a big deal in football. They're not. They're a lower tier college, high school, college football team. They're not going to be a, a perennial powerhouse. They just won't unless they catch fire and they get lucky. But it's not that big of a program. Uh, Tennessee is though. Tennessee is huge down in the South. You know, that's one of the top-tier programs. They just haven't been performing like they are. I believe with the right coach and, a cut and about three, four, five years' experience, they could get in. The problem is when they fired their coach, um, God, who was a longtime coach about— uh, Fulmer. Fulmer. Yeah. Um, they got angry because he was only winning seven, eight, nine games a year. Well, they'd be happy for that right now. And Fulmer also brought him a national championship. If— they, Tennessee is one of those programs that, like, maybe every 20 years has a shot at the national championship. And in those interceding years, they should be competitive in most of them. There you go. And they haven't been. Well, in Illinois, I mean, their best coach they've had recently is uh, Ron Zook. And they fired him, and his team has actually put a lot of players in the NFL and went to a couple bowl games. And I think they won a couple, actually. At the, yeah, at Ron, the Ron Zook, I think. Urban Meyer, if it weren't for Ron Zook, Urban Meyer wouldn't have at least one, if not both, of those championships. He's an amazing recruiter and a very good coach. Yep. So, um, ESPN, a uh, couple, lot of, lots of news coming out of out of Bristol, <coughs> Connecticut this week as we talk about sports and media. Yesterday, ESPN laid off 150 more employees, yeah. uh, which was just a bloodletting yesterday at ESPN, and a lot of people are not really up in arms about it, but I think it's more of internal employees. It's going to make shows harder to produce, and you know, a lot of the it, people are going to have to do a few, a little bit more things there. So, no big names at least have come out yet, uh, which shocks me that they didn't get rid of some people. Well, that, we have, excuse me, I'm fighting a cold this week. There you go. <coughs> uh, but one of our alums works there. She was one of the first female producers at ESPN, and one of her friends who was hired with her got yep. laid off at the same time. And the woman was not really angry. She figured she has other things to do in her career right now. But it's just sad to see when you're working in a big building and you have all these employees and suddenly it's not vibrant. I used to work at Florida Today, uh, which was um, – the same company, obviously, with USA Today and yep. Al Newhart, the publisher, w was there in Cocoa Beach. And when I was there, it was considered one of the top newspapers in the country for its size. We were about 100,000 circulation daily. Um, and now people who walk in there, 
it's like a mausoleum, and it just it makes you depressed. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, doesn't it? I oh, mean, you go yeah. into a place and you're used to it being so vibrant, and it's not anymore. Well, to lay out, and plus, you, you know, <laughs> when you lay off 150 people, you know, 25 days prior to Christmas, it just it's 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 just bad karma all around, and, and a bad feeling, and everything like that. They launched Wingo and Golic this week. I don't know if you've saw. This. Yeah, I have. I <laughs> unfortunately, uh, you were right. It's horrible, Joe. I'll give you full kudos. <laughs> They have no chemistry. I'm sorry. I know it's the first week, and you got to let things do. But, you know, Golik just seems lost. Uh, and then Wingo is trying so hard to be likable and to be the funny guy. Wingo? And, Wingo. Yeah. And it's just not working. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if this show lasts till next summer. I really don't, unfortunately. <laughs> They've got to be thinking, who's our backup at this point? Well, and then they, the Greenberg show's not going to start until, like, mid-March or something. Well, they, he wants some time to develop the program, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know what they never really have said. If but, I were him, I would have wanted some time off after doing it yeah. every single morning. Yeah. Because he's a writer. He has lots of other outside interests outside of sports as, t- as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Greenberg show. Yeah, I think it I really might, am. Yeah. I think that's going to be. I think you're going to put a little more time and money in it. But the set looks bad on tra- on Wingo and Golick, and there's not a lot of chemistry. They look separated too. Yeah, and it, with it, the it, studio, don't, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, it's, it's it's not a good look, and it's and it's not interesting. So it's it, what's funny is I guess maybe Mike and Mike were better than you thought because at least when you they, they would entertain you, even if they'd make you mad, Wingo and Golick, you're just like it, it's it's painful to listen to it. This well, point. I've always thought Greenberg was was the uh, the foundation for that show. Golick is good and he has great insights, but. Greenberg's the one I think that you need more than it, uh, of the two. There you go. Uh, sports news: uh, The Herm Edwards is going to go to Arizona State. It looks like that they're going to finalize that deal. It looks like this week. That was kind of shocking to me because Herm has really done a really good job as an, a college football and NFL analyst at at ESPN. And I always really thought maybe he was done coaching, but go to, I mean, I don't blame him going to Arizona State. Beautiful campus, you know, Pac-12 school, lots of money. They're putting a lot of money in that uh, facility there. And if you've ever been on the campus of Arizona State, you understand why someone would go there sure but were you shocked when you heard Hermes leading the media I, it takes a lot for me to be shocked but I was I was surprised because um, when you're listening to Herm Edwards I, I could listen to him forever oh, he's, he's inspirational he's insightful he has great stories but I always I, I really always felt his place was in a locker room there you go D- don't you think I mean he, he always, I did I, I just I always, didn't know if he wanted to go back but I guess he did well that's the point is do you want to go through that grind and recruiting but my god I think he's going to be a great recruiter at the college level I mean how can He's going to walk into a household, and people are going to be sold when they walk out the door. Exactly. On top of all the other great things you said about Arizona State, I was saving this next one because I wanted to get you kind of, you know, ready to go, get back in the mood after sure, being off. Sure, sure. Eli Manning benched for your beloved New York Giants. Right. Uh, it, it was um, McAdoo is going to be gone at the end of the year. He, what, what, what an embarrassment! You have a quarterback who who has won two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, put up the numbers he has, likely a Hall of Fame guy, and you bench him. Well, not even benching him for a first-round pick. <laughs> You're benching him for Geno Smith. That'd be like benching him for Joe Gizondi. This is ridiculous. I mean, I mean, it was The way it was, was done was wrong. Not only that, if you look at the stats, Eli Manning, I think, is one of the top three rated in the NFL for receivers dropping balls. He has the most missed catches among receivers in the NFL. You've got no receivers for him. You don't have a running back. There's nothing else that, I mean, Geno's not your quarterback of the future. The people are going to come to the game because they want to see Eli Manning. No one wants to see Geno Smith. And if this was some rookie guy coming in like uh, Patrick Mahomes, what, in in Kansas City, then you go, let's see if the young kid can do it. 
but this is not the case. Uh, ben McAdoo has made the wrong choice in almost every situation. I would not bring him back next year. And I'm usually not one to pull the plug early, but he's really shown himself to be a really poor coach. I'll give my opinions on that after William Barnes said he misses Mike on Mike already. Uh, and uh, his BEPS option now is the radio is Dan Lebetard and Stu Gatz. Oh, that's which, my favorite show. Boys, yeah. yeah, that's my well, favorite show. Uh, piping in there, William. Appreciate it. I wish they were early in the morning, but I don't think they want. No. They actually do a morning show just in Miami yeah. for an hour. Uh, my opinion on Eli, I agree. I, th- I think what you said is perfect, and, and, and McAdoo is going to be gone. And, uh, I think and like, probably Reese will, the GM. Yeah. The only thing that I think is positive for Eli is he can now not get killed on the football field and beat up for the next five weeks. He can maybe get healthy and end in this season, uh, you know, with a really good body and really good health, and go into next season either on a new team or a new situation where he might be the star. I can really see him going to one or two places. Everybody's saying Jacksonville. I disagree with that. I know Coughlin's down there as the GM, but what about if Andrew Luck can't play anymore? Mm-hmm. Bringing a Manning to Indianapolis. I don't think Indy's in a better shape than the New York Giants. I think the New York Giants, their defense last year was among the best in the NFL. This year, the same players. There's something something going wrong with the coaching. Um, you can turn around an offensive line. We've seen that in a couple of programs across, yep. you know, um, in, in the NFL. The Rams, for example, they draft a running back, say Saquon Barkley or something like that. They bring him in. They have a running back. They get some receivers back who are healthy. Get another receiver. Bolster that offensive line. The defense is already set. I want Eli Manning there, but I would also I would draft a quarterback next year, obviously. There you go. You sent me a link this week about the NFL owners and race and Donald Trump. Uh, and t- talk a little, tell, tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about that, and we can talk about it. Well, some of the history, some people may not realize, going way back, is uh, he, was, he was one of the people in the USFL. Remember that? Remember yeah. you, you, of course, remember that. There was the World Football League back in the 70s with Zonk, and then the yeah. USFL was in the 80s. And this was supposed to go head-to-head with the NFL. It was a, it was a magnificent failure. Uh, Trump sued the NFL, won the lawsuit, and he won a dollar. It's almost like, remember, trading places yeah. at the end, they're like, here's your dollar. Yeah. And he's been bitter about that for a long time. Before he ran for president, he tried buying the Buffalo Bills. And uh, they did not approve him to, to purchase the team. And he's kind of bitter about it. So several of the owners are coming out. Well, maybe not coming out. They're saying it's still behind the scenes. Yeah. That they believe that Trump is is inflaming this whole players sitting for the national anthem in order to hurt the NFL for him to get back at him. Which, if you're following the politics, it, there's a good case to be made that that possibly could be happening. Isn't that crazy that that could possibly be happening when you think he's the president of the free of the United States, but most important country in the free world, and he spends his time worrying about. The silliest of things. Well, we see it every day in Twitter. I mean, yeah, newspapers now have their 3 a.m. beat writer, you know, to see what he's going to be tweeting in the morning. But, yeah, but the NFL, you're right. You're absolutely right. What the, the leader of the free world, I mean, we like to think that, the most powerful country probably in the world, if not one of the most yeah. powerful. And he's tweeting about the NFL and players and, NBA, and all kinds just, of silliness. Yeah, it just, yeah, it makes no sense. You know, I mean, I just... You would think you would have more important things to do. I mean, that, that's the only way to leave it. I don't like to get too much politics here. I know you do. I don't. But I just think that he has to have more important things to do. I know they're trying to pull, push through this tax plan and all these other things. And you got the North Korean guy that's you know tested a missile yesterday. And that can possibly reach the yeah, West Coast. And our, and our president is talking about the NFL. It's un, it's un, unfathomable. A possible good news on the golf front. I know you're a big golf fan. Tiger Woods is uh, first. Uh, 
tournament back this week, and I uh, I guess he looks good in warm-ups, and I believe that it, it started today. I don't know how he's doing today, but, you know, love him or hate him, Tiger Woods is good for, good for sports. He's obviously good for golf if he's back. Oh, he's fantastic for golf. I mean, if you go back and track during the time he was playing in the PGA, when he was in the finals, in the fi- you know, a leader or close to the leader in the last two rounds, yep. the ratings were sometimes double what they would be in other, other years. He is fantastic for golf. What, what I find interesting is, remember when he came out, they were going, well, this is going to draw more African-Americans out there, even though Tiger's yeah. not a traditional African-American in the sense that he's got uh, Asian blood and African-American yeah. blood, and, and, and so he's a conglomeration, you know, much like you know, the United States. Yeah. But he's perceived to be, because you know, he even look one drop, you know, like yeah. African-American. They said that's going to draw on a bunch of African-American players. I looked it up the other day. One. Oh, really? There's only been one African-American player on the PGA Tour since then. Kind of interesting. That's right. You would have thought there'd been more, but you know, I still think you know golf is it, it's still kind of a boring sport it, you know, <laughs> to, to play and to watch, in my opinion. And I don't. I think people like excitement and action. And I don't know. That's just my my opinion. There's action in every shot. When you, if you're watching me, you never know where the ball's going. That's true. <laughs> there you go. So don't. There you go. Thoughts on Joe Gisandi. Um The college football is absolutely nuts, though. When you think about not just the oh. playoffs going on, everybody worrying about who's going to play. Confusion, confusion. But how about these coaches? They I mean they leave one day, they're hired the next day. They're fi- you know the, it, you don't know who's coaching who right now. And in most of the SEC, the greatest conference ever, if you ask them, <laughs> every coach. That's is, exactly and, right. And, and so maybe now you know we don't know who's coaching who, and uh, you know they leave from one school to go to another one in the SEC and. Uh, it, it's just absolutely chaos when it comes to this, and it's you know it falls out into the other conferences because these coaches leave, you know. So, well, I've always thought it unfair that a coach can leave at, at whim, but players can. Yeah. The players should be able to leave too. That way, you should make them happy, and if they're not happy, they go to another school. Well, and if you and if a, if a player leaves inside his own conference, he's not allowed to have a scholarship inside the conference, but a coach can leave in the conference and get paid then by the new school as well as the old school. I mean, uh, did you, you see? I saw a graphic the other day of the six of the fired coaches in, in college football. Uh, those six combined are going to get payoffs of over 50 million dollars 50 million dollars and how about the the classless act in, in arkansas going up to brett by belima and and as he's walking off the field yeah. all that he's if he hasn't been successful that's fine but he's never been classless in that position and why not at least give him some respect and and let him go through everything and get a chance to talk to him even if it's later that night but as he's walk literally walking off the field they're letting him know yeah and arkansas. tennessee arkansas two sec programs is supposed to be the best conference but it's it's becoming the classless conference yeah. and arkansas is another school i would dump in there with illinois thanks they're a bigger program than they are oh yeah you know, i mean they've had a couple of you know run-ins with some greatness but you know that's lou holtz and way 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 long ago they yeah haven't been really relevant in, in a long arkansas time. is like in nebraska they're not going to be up there anytime yeah. soon uh, speaking of Illinois, I want to touch base on one thing that's really aggravated me. I, I grew up being an Illinois basketball fan. When there was only like five channels to watch, mm-hmm. Illinois basketball was on all the time. Yes. Now we have 9,722 channels at last chance, Joe. And I four, think that's right. Four of the first six games have not been on TV. Now, I don't understand whose fault it is. You ask anybody. We've got some other radio kids up there I've talked to. They say it's nobody's fault. It's the way that the contract is signed. Well, you know what? That's fine. But they need to get out of the contract they're in with the Big Ten Network, or they got to figure something out because they want – there's a lot of Illinois fans around this area that want Illinois to be big time in right. basketball. You're not going to be big time if you are on pay internet when every night Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky are on the big boys, and you're not. 
So you need to figure out whose fault it is and solve it up in Champaign-Urbana. I, well, I had to t- go on. Flip, well, so you're I right. feel better. Uh, <laughs> amen. Uh, just go talk to the NHL and ask them how the 1980s and 90s did for them, or the Blackhawks, until uh, they had got rid of the Wurtzes and they had people on air. If, if you're not on the air... No one's going to care. I mean, Easter was on the other night, hey, which was awesome slogan. on Fox Sports 1. If you're not on the air, no one's going to care. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but you think about it. I mean, and then Illinois is on nothing. So oh, that's crazy. So I feel better. I just had to vent. I guess it's our show. We can. And, and, and yeah, sure. Vent good. <laughs> I hope you feel better. Uh, <laughs> Illinois, though, in basketball is, is, a, is a contender. That's what I'm saying. They're, they, if you look at like the rankings of the top 30 basketball programs of all time, which anybody can do, Illinois is traditionally in that 28 to 35 category. Sure. They should be on TV. They shouldn't be on pay internet. You know, they should. Be Otherwise, on- you're not going to recruit. Yeah, and so I wish people would. I, I know Champagne Media. You know, they, they like to buddy up to Whitman, buddy up to Athletics, so they get their press passes and their free hot dogs. But maybe it's all right to ask a couple tough questions. You know, when fans are starting to say, "I would like to watch Illinois," and we we have to pay internet, and if anybody stream B- BTN Plus, it's not exactly the you know you got to it's not the greatest stream ever anyway from what I've heard. And so, but I shouldn't have to do that. I'm I'm 60 miles away. I should be able to see Illinois basketball. Duke fans are not going through the same problem Illinois fans are, and that's why Duke is consistently a top five program. So Illinois fans, if you want to be there, demand the games be on TV, and somebody do something about it. And probably, but Duke, of course, they're on national TV all the time too. Yeah, but but, but you're right. No, I completely agree with I, I you. I don't think Michigan State has the problems Illinois. Does. Oh, I'm sure Wisconsin most people don't. No, I mean, it's just crazy that you that it, we're in this situation. No, know what else is crazy? That a uh, undefeated University of Central Florida team like is ranked behind two two loss and one three loss team. Um, if if you are in the football bold FBS. And you go undefeated in your conference. How the hell are you not in the in the, in the playoff picture? If that's the case, then then let's cut this whole ruse. Let's get rid of it and say, okay, you guys don't count. Let's just say it then. Don't don't tell me they have to build up for three years to have it. This may have been that year that they have that magnificent team. Get them in the playoffs. Expand it to eight. Give every division. The Big Ten, all the way through the American, you know, which is what UCF is in. And if you win, you're in. There's seven conferences and and get and a wild card if you want. I agree because basically what they're saying is they have the Power Five conferences are plus Notre Dame are the only ones that really they want in, and everybody else is playing just for another bowl game. And you're right, UCFs it's a great USF or UCF if I could talk is a great story. They should at least be in the top eight rankings going into this weekend. Where they have, they are given a chance, but by something happening for them to be in, but for them to be what twelve or fourteen, I can't remember. What they it depends were. on the poll. Yeah. I think in the F- CFP rankings at twelve. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I, I don't. I agree. I watched them play this weekend. Now their defense is a little lacking. Maybe that's what they're thinking, but they get sure are fun to watch. So. You don't know until you play the games. I hear people talking. You know, you see it in, I'm seeing sports reporters do. You see it on social media. They would never compete. You don't know. Well, and you and you look at, at Clemson being number one. They lost to Syracuse, which at the time we were all pumped up around here because Dino Babers is the coach of Syracuse. Syracuse, you know, they're four and eight again under Dino Babers. You know, and it, they they were a poor team. So it, it's I don't think that the gap is that wide between Clemson and UCF. I think it's a, it, you could take those top 10, 12 teams, but I think US, UCF deserves to be in the top 6, 7 category. You notice they conveniently had Alabama at 5. So if anybody loses, they can put Alabama right back in, where, of course, that's what they want. It's all about Alabama. Well, well, even before last week, 
you had a Big Ten program in Wisconsin. Undefeated was not in there. Oh, and they want and you know they uh, they want Ohio State to visit Wisconsin because Wisconsin is perceived as a boring program, and that doesn't sit well on New Year's Day. But although, they might go 12 and thir- or 13 and 0. Although Wisconsin travels well, and that's oh, yeah. why bowls love Wisconsin to no, be there because they're just boring. Football, yeah, you know what I'm saying? right. But they put a lot of people in the pros, and it's a it's a great program. I'm sure Brett Belima wishes he was still the coach there. Right now. Well, I thought it was. I don't know why you'd leave. You've been so highly successful there. No. Why why go from a team and a program that's in the upper echelon of the Big Ten? to a program that's on the lower echelon in the SEC. There must be something magical pot of gold in the SEC, I guess, is the only thing I can figure out because everybody wants to go there, and unless you're Alabama or Auburn or maybe Georgia, the other guys are just playing. You know, every once in a while you'll see a Mississippi have it one good year, then they're right back down to being what they were. Right. All right, let's get to the good stuff. Unless okay. Unless you have any other topics. You no, well, about. just I think next week we probably need to talk about the, um, the Hall of Fame voting. And um, there's several players out there that I'm curious to see what will happen. But I think the votes come out. It's either the first or second week in December. Yeah, and you know Ray Lewis is going to get in, so I'm going to be on another tangent on that too. Oh, for the football? Yeah. Oh, I mean for the baseball. Oh, baseball, okay. okay. But, yeah, right, the football is the Super Bowl coming up. Yeah, Ray Lewis will probably be. Well, he'll get in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. Now, we've uh, since we talked, we had Thanksgiving break, we've uh, had a couple of walking deads. And we always have to end our sports and media podcast with a couple of minutes on our favorite television show, which only has two episodes to go. Which is unbelievable. This the first mid-season's over. I can't believe that either. Um, your thoughts so far? Well, I was just looking for my notes. I wrote a whole bunch of notes, <laughs> Joe wrote notes. Um, on my on my uh, on my uh, iPhone, and uh, I, I can't recall all of them right now. Well, um, give give the recap right now, and maybe something will well, pop I think out. Because you know, we have two shows we need to address. Two shows, and I always probably remember most of this this last week's show. And, oh, I see. I missed my notes. It, the Daryl and Rick fight, it was, you know, a little bit. That, that was interesting. And then, of course, the stuff blew up and they got right back together. Uh, Michonne finally makes an appearance in this uh, this week's episode. Yeah, finally. Which after, you know, whatever happened to her, uh, so did Rosita, uh, Carl. Uh, and Carl found a new friend in the woods, which seemed like you know, maybe another guy, good guy to have on our team if he's... We think. We think. You don't know. I might, think he is. He looks like... Because they, they seem like they try to bring somebody from every different ethnicity mm-hmm. into the into that. I think it's part of their show, which I think is cool. Oh, yeah. And so I hope he is a good guy. Me too. And, uh, and, so that you, and you need more as many warriors and fighters as you can. Um, you know, uh, well, they finally kind of have gotten to where you kind of see what's happening now. They're, they've got... The uh, old uh, the saviors. Some of them are, you know, in in, in prison for lack of a better way at the, at, at the hilltop, under uh, Maggie's supervision. And Maggie actually threw a cup. You know, <laughs> she she was good last week. Uh, so you know, there's a lot of stuff happening, but there's really nothing happening in terms of the move, the show moving forward with progress. It's just all leading up to not this Sunday, but the final Sunday where where they stand. Yeah, I mean that that was the one thing that I last episode was really slow. And my wife and I were starting to talk, and she was, again, losing some interest in part of it, as, as I was. And I started thinking about, with all the binging that's going on, if, when someone downloads this and watches this series, they're going to overlook this slowness. Because they'll know they have another show. Yeah. But and when you're watching it week to week, you're just frustrated. Because yeah. you're going, that's okay, this is a wasted week. Yeah. You just, I mean, if, if you're going to let me binge it all, I'll overlook that. But if you're going to make me wait a week for something else i'm like well maybe i should just binge it all at the end it's it's becoming very frustrating and i know maybe that's our binge mindset nowadays but that's the world we live in but where the walking dead captured guys like me and you and the millions of fans they have is every week something was happening 
you know, it, and it's not just everybody's oh, character died. That's not about characters dying, or it's about something about action. About, it was about action. You know, things were happening. They were moving forward. Now we're just waiting to figure out at what point either Rick is going to capture Negan, which that's what happens in the comic books, or they're going to stray from the comic books and they're going to kill off somebody. Uh, but just make it in this Savior's standoff with you know, at once and for all, either. They win, or we or we lose, or whatever happens. But let's move forward with it because it's really boring. I mean, it's just all these little nuances. It makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, what drew me in in part is what, what you talked about, but the other one was the sense of discovery. Yeah. That first show. What how? What is the world like in this type of situation? We were wandering through Atlanta. We see, you know, Glenn saving Rick, and we learn some characters, and and. and we move from place to place, and now, like when they were at the at the prison there, the, it it gets stuck in places. Yeah. I well, wanted I want a sense of discovery. I don't really care about people shooting each other all the time. And why would Rick go back to that to the whatever the the garbage people mm-hmm. by himself to to try to get those guys to be on their side? That made no sense at all to me. I I was shocked. I was like, okay, the point is, oh, now Rick's captured, so we're supposed to. Uh, how, we know he's getting out. Somebody's Daryl or somebody's going to get him out. You know? And I'm wondering, did he actually tell someone he was going there? He said that he did. He said he did. You don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming that with all these letters they're passing back and forth, they got a lot of good mail careers at The Walking they Dead. They do. Unbelievable. The Pony only Express. news that came out after The Walking Dead, I guess Morgan's character, I did announce, or Morgan, I can't think of who his name is in real life, but announced that he will be leaving The Walking Dead, but he's going to go become on the, he's going to go to Fear the Walking Dead. His character will actually travel cross-country. So he's going to get fed up with what's going on. He's yeah. already fed yeah, up, the character is. So he's going to now leave, and, and he's going to head to the film. Right. Dead, which is a is a really good move for that show, because that show made progress at the end this year. It really died. You're I'll really, have to believe you, because I lost I interest. Lost me. Uh, I lost you. But it did make progress. And now with Morgan going back, maybe there's hope for that show. Uh, but The Walking Dead, I... I it just they have something has to happen in these next two episodes to take it to the next level or to take it to the next place because they just cannot keep talking about how we're going to win and we've got them locked in and you know I would love a show just showing Morgan going from Atlanta to California. Yeah. Can you imagine you could do eight shows of just discovery and and it just curiosity will be uh, fulfilled. I mean, I I would love to have something like that. There you go. But the current Walking Dead. You know, hopefully something good happens in the next couple of weeks because it's, it's you go from a really good episode to really frustrated and, as hell. And I think we're going to stay frustrated this week. And then there'll be next the two weeks from now will be the the, you know, whatever they call it, this, the cliffhanger at the end of, you know, the mid. But there needs finale. to be resolution within that. Cl- and, and, and cliffhanger. I don't know that you need a cliffhanger. I think cliffhangers oh, I agree, infuriate people. And I think they learned that a couple of years ago when they had Negan of who they're going to who they're going to beat. I think you have to have resolution, but also something going forward. Right. Uh, I don't know if uh, on Netflix there's a series called The Punisher, a Marvel comic. I've heard about it. I've not watched it. And, um... I've been sick this week, so I've been watching more TV than I, I usually don't watch that much. I binged the whole thing over the last week. And it ended with, there was resolution, but there was a tease about what possibly can happen next season. That's what I would like out of a show. There you go. All right. Well, welcome back. Will you be here next week? No, no, we're getting ready towards the end of the semester. So. I'm always here. Okay. We're always cool. here. Right. We'll be here Christmas Eve, right? Our <laughs> Christmas Eve special. Don't forget to tune in at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve, yeah. and we will be here that for you. Joe show by himself. <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody.